0: Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business
1: and building the life you deserve. Welcome to episode 132 of the Cultivating Business Growth podcast, brought to you by PJS & Co. CPAs. I'm Katina Peters, CPA, CGMA, CFO, and partner here at PJS & Co. Today, I'm pleased to welcome the owner of crypto Tax Girl, one of the world's first crypto tax firms to our show. She's helped thousands of people with their crypto taxes. Her goal is to make the process of doing your crypto taxes simple, stress-free, and easy to understand. I'm happy to welcome Laura Walter to the show. Welcome, Laura.
0: Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here to chat.
1: Yeah, it'll be an interesting conversation. Crypto is an interesting area out there, ever-changing and growing, kind of as a newer trend, not super new. But I think just looking at your background, I think starting with maybe what attracted you to crypto, I'd like to hear a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I had heard about it when it kind of started taking off a little bit. Like I had heard maybe a tiny bit about it, but didn't really look into it too much. But then I was in college at the time and we had a professor who was interested in it, I guess. And he started teaching us a little bit about it and asked us to write a paper about, you know, the pros and cons. At that point, it was really only Bitcoin. So the pros and cons of Bitcoin and whether like Bitcoin was... Able to be a new form of f- like fiat or like of money. Like it was an economics class where we were learning about like what actually defines fiat, what is money, what isn't, like how does it work in the economy. And so then we were talking about crypto. And you know, one of the main things about money was that you know it had a government backing it and there's all these different things. And so they're like, okay, hey, well, crypto is like totally new, it's different, but it's being used in some ways like you know traditional money. So we had to write a paper about what we thought about cryptocurrency and whether we thought it would like take off or not. And so that was my first intro to it. And that's where I started researching it. And I unfortunately did not put all my money into crypto at the time. Oh, I wish I would have. That was like
1: 2013 <laughs> right. or so. Yeah, if we all could just go back in time and, and invest right when it was... <laughs>
0: Yeah. Up. I mean, granted, I was probably like, had like $200 in the bank because I was like a college student. Like I did not have right. money. And so even if I did, I don't think I would have been rich, but wish I knew somebody who had money at the time that I could have told, give some yes. hot tips. But <laughs> so that's where I first learned about it. And then kind of just like, you know, would keep up on the news whenever I heard something about it. And then a few years later, I got married and my husband and his family also like were interested in crypto and like, had, you know, dabbled a little bit. And so once I, that, you know, then I started working, I was working at Ernst & Young. I was making money. My husband made money and we were trying to figure, you know, we're combining our finances, trying to figure out, you know, do we want to save for a house? Do we want to do this? And we decided we wanted to invest in some crypto because we thought it was new. And like, we're so young, we have like really nothing to lose. We have no responsibilities. So might as well. And so we invested some in cryptocurrency and that's where like my intro to crypto started. So that was probably like 2015, 2016. And there wasn't a lot going on at the time with crypto. But, you know, we put a little bit in. Again, it's like we had just started our jobs out of college. So it's not like we were (laughs) making tons of money off this. But we thought it was like fun and worth checking out. Mm -hmm. And then... In 2017, if any of any of your listeners or you or anybody follows crypto, I'm sure in 2017, if you hadn't heard about it yet, by in 2017 you finally did hear about it because that was the year it went from like a Bitcoin was worth a thousand dollars at the beginning of the year, and at the end of the year it was worth like almost twenty thousand dollars. So, mm-hmm. and there was like these this few month period where like every week it was doubling like. Yeah. One thousand. next week it was two thousand. And we were just like, Oh my gosh, should we sell and like we sold some <laughs> along the way and we're like, dang it, we should have wrote it all the way to the end. Yeah. But nobody had any way of knowing. Like, is this right. just a fad? Is this gonna crash? Like, what's gonna happen? Is it gonna keep going? Of course, like my mom, once it hit nineteen thousand, she's like, All right, I'm ready to get in. And so my mom lost <laughs> whatever she invested yeah. in it, because, <laughs>
1: <Darn> it. <laughs> because it went back. I down. Mean,
0: yeah. You probably saw or heard in twenty eight at the beginning, then it totally crashed back down. It went down to like $3,000. So if you had bought it $19,000, you were kind of screwed. But that was the huge spike in crypto that all of a sudden everyone started talking about it. And at that point, I was still working at EY, but we had made a little bit of money in crypto because of this. And Mm -hmm. we were actually able to pay off our house and we had less expenses. And we're like, okay, you know what? Again, we're young, let's take a risk. So I quit my job and um, we moved to Tokyo just for fun and oh, wow. That's quite, <laughs> kind quite of an random
1: Just gonna up and move to tokyo
0: <laughs> yeah we, again we're like we don't have kids let's do something fun yeah, like whatever nice. so we <laughs> went there you know we were kind of doing some side things and my husband had his own business so i was helping him but i wasn't like super he does like coding and stuff and i wasn't super excited about that stuff and i was like oh i kind of miss the accounting world and tax and everything i was doing at ey but I was like, well, I've only been at a college a few years. I can't start a tax firm. Like, I don't know. But then we were doing our own tax return, and there's a lot of cryptocurrency that we needed to report. And I was like, how do I even report this? Like, I've never seen cryptocurrency before in taxes. And so I started looking into it and realized like there's not a lot of guidance about it. Like the only guidance they had was in 2014 and it was very limited and like there wasn't anyone out there advising people. So there was a ton of people that had all of a sudden made a ton of money but didn't know what to do about it. And so I just kind of went off and started, you know, tweeting about cryptocurrency taxes and just like, hey, if you have this, like you're going to have to report it or like, you know, if you made this money, you have to report it here and different things that were taxable. And it was like new news. Like there was nothing out there at the time like that. And so it was luckily like right place, right time. I just started gaining a lot of followers on Twitter. And then I made a course teaching people how to do their own cryptocurrency taxes. And a lot of people took that and they were you know interested in it. But then they said, okay, you know, I understand based on your course how I'm supposed to tax it. But like, I don't have the time or I don't want to do this. Like I'm not an accountant. I don't want to do my own tax return. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, can you do it for me? And I was like, I guess like, sure. And so then that, that was like all the beginning of 2018. I was like, just started taking on clients. And then like the next thing, you know, I set up a whole tax firm. I now have employees and, so we've been doing this for like six years now and crypto's still going. I mean, it has its major ups. It has its major downs. It, it goes in like the cyclical pattern. It goes in waves. But there's always people in crypto and it is just something that's really complicated when it comes to the tax reporting. As of now, like maybe eventually it'll be a little bit smoother. But as of right now, like if you touch crypto, unfortunately, all like every transaction you do is taxable and you have to calculate it all yourself. And so it just gets really complicated and that's luckily where we're able to help people because that's what we do all day, every day. But that's yeah. kind of a long answer, but that was my crypto journey and, you know, I'm still in it. I love crypto and I think there's so many awesome things about it, but it's it's been a long journey for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it Sounds like an interesting journey for sure. And I think going back to kind of you started with like a personal experience, I think that's a great way to get really familiar with those types of things. And obviously, you have an accounting background and, you know, a background in tax. So you got that going for you, too. But yeah, that definitely seems like it's a good way to get very familiar with things to be personally involved at that level in the investment front and side of things and yeah I agree definitely going back there was a lot of unknowns with regards to how were they going to tax crypto how was it going to be tracked how you know etc and also which ways you were using it obviously a lot of people use it as an investment but then uh, I know we'll talk a little bit later about some of the business stuff but you know then it's like well how if it's business income is it? normal business income and then you have investment gains or losses. And like you said, how do you track all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things? So there's definitely complications that come with it. But before we go into using crypto in business and some of the pros and cons of that, I just want to see if we want to back up a little bit. I know we kind of said maybe we'll do just a intro into crypto as a whole, just in case people are still maybe I'm sure they've heard of crypto. They may know some things about it, but maybe missed the, you know, kind of overarching what is it? How does it work? So I thought we should touch on
0: that quick. So Yeah, it's hard to probably like put it into just a few sentences because I mean, crypto used to be just like Bitcoin, but now there's thousands of different cryptocurrencies. And besides that, there's so much you can do. Like again, when I first started, it was just like you would buy Bitcoin at thousand dollars and then it would go up to four thousand dollars and you would sell it and that was three thousand dollars of income or like capital gains and that was really easy for people to wrap their mind around and then there's a lot of new cryptocurrencies created so like a really popular one was back then was ethereum it still is but like that was probably the next most popular and then You know, there's so many like Ripple, there's Tezos, there's Cardano, there's so many cryptocurrency and there's Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, like you might have heard or Dogecoin, like a lot of people will have heard of all of these like probably floating around and some of them have big spikes. So then they make news and stuff like that. But cryptocurrency basically is just like digital money in a way, but like a digital investment. So when you go online to your bank account, let's say, you know, use USA or Wells Fargo, whatever you use, it'll show in your account that you have however much money, $50,000 or something in your bank account. But I mean, you don't actually have like $50,000 of dollar bills. It's just like a number on the screen assigned (laughs) to you in your bank account. Like that's what it says you have. So obviously money works a lot different than cryptocurrency and the way it's Designed a little bit, but cryptocurrency is, it's like digital money, but that kind of is what we use. We use, I mean, we have cash, but really we're all using digital money to some extent. Like every time you use a credit card, anytime you know, pay something online, like it's all mostly digital at this point. And so right. cryptocurrency also is digital, but it's not backed by any government. And it also, most cryptocurrencies aren't stable. And so, relative to the US dollar. So, I mean, if I have five US dollars. Tomorrow it's going to be worth five US dollars also. I mean, there's inflation and all that to consider, but you can have one Bitcoin and relative to US dollars, it could be $20,000, but then it could also be, you know, a few months later, it could be 5000 then it could be $60,000. So the price is very volatile of most cryptocurrencies. There are cryptocurrencies that are called stable coins that are tied to US dollars or other fiat currencies. But When Bitcoin was originally created, it was created that there'd be a limited supply. So we haven't reached the max of how much Bitcoin there is. But every year more Bitcoin gets released. But it's not like our US dollar where every year like more money gets printed and there's more US dollars added to circulation, like natural inflation and stuff like that. Right. It (laughs) will eventually be capped. And so there only will ever be X amount of Bitcoin. So that will make it like more valuable eventually just because there is only so much. But most people use it as an investment right now. So you buy Bitcoin, the price goes up or down, and then you sell it, you can trade it, spend it, whatever you do. But most people are buying it so that it goes up or down in value as an investment. Maybe a lot of people like if they want to like diversify their portfolio, they'll use crypto along with, you know, stocks and other real estate, other investments a lot of people there's also a big chunk in the cryptocurrency community that's just like we don't trust governments we don't trust fiat currencies we're worried about you know big inflation and so we want to put our money in something that we like believe in more the technology of cryptocurrency not so much like the reliability of our government and whether they can keep the value of the U.S. dollar, you know, indefinitely or not. So there's just so much you could say about it. But basically, it is money, but it also is mostly used as an investment. But it can be used as money also. Like, I mean, I could pay you 500. I mean, a lot of my clients, for example, they'll pay me in cryptocurrency. So they owe me $1,000. They'll pay me in Bitcoin or another coin and I can receive that as payment. So there's all sorts of fun things you can do. I know
1: there's there's stores now that, you know, like you said, accept it at different places that you can use that as a currency. But it has the volatility, I suppose, of the stock market or something, you know, with regards to what would be, you know, kind of traditionally thought of as an investment, almost like a a stock fund of some kind. Yeah, Yeah.
0: And most cryptocurrencies purchased on things called cryptocurrency exchanges, which work we kind of like, you know, stock exchange, like Fidelity or something, some sort of financial institution. But you can also have self-custody of your cryptocurrency, which is different. Like, you know, it's not like you personally hold the stock to whatever, like, you know, Fidelity has it and then you buy it through Fidelity or whatever. But with cryptocurrency, you can transfer it off of the exchange into your wallet and then you now hold it, which there's a lot of benefits, but there's also cons. Like if you lose it, if you can't access it, it's completely gone forever. Like there's no support or someone who can help you get that back. Like it's gone. So high risk, like, yeah. but then there's also a lot of pros cause you have more in some ways, potentially more security. You have like more ownership over it. You have more anonymity, whatever, stuff like that. So pros and cons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as to everything in life, right? As far as that goes yeah. for sure. All right. So Again, like we said, it's not super new, but it is new when you look at the history of finance, right, in the world and those kinds of things. So I know there's a lot of ambiguity still out there around cryptocurrency. So, what would you say you've come across as the biggest misconception about crypto?
0: Hmm. I mean, most of my clients are in crypto already. So they, you know, understand. But I would say, like, when I tell people that I do crypto taxes or something, some big misconceptions are that like, I feel like this has changed a little bit. It used to be like, Oh, that's like what terrorists use or like that is, you know, dirty (laughs) money. Like you must be Um, on the black market, like dealing drugs or something like all your clients must be like sketchy people, but it's like, no, like everyone is in crypto these days. So that probably used to be a misconception that it was like over the years, we've seen more regulation. And so Maybe a rich, I mean, it was able to be used like that originally, but now there is a lot more tracking. There's like wallet addresses tied to you. So a lot of people too, another misconception, is people really think that it is like completely anonymous, but it's okay. not like, because if I had to send you some some money or some crypto and you had to give me your wallet address in order for me to send it to you, Your wallet address, though it doesn't have your name, it's your wallet address. I can plug that wallet address into any sort of like blockchain explorer and I can see every transaction you've ever done in that wallet address. And so it's not anonymous. Like, I mean, if you send me your bank routing info, I can't see any transactions you've ever done on your bank account. But with these wallet addresses, you can see like whatever someone's been doing. So it is kind of cool in a way that it's like more transparent in some way. So it's like, if my clients pay me in crypto, they can see how much I've made From my other clients in crypto as well. Like, they know whether I've made $1 this week or $10,000 this week. Like, they, I mean, (laughs) as far as crypto goes, obviously people pay me in fiat, but that is like kind of a cool way. Like, people think it's really anonymous, but actually, like, if that, especially like, I mean, I deal with taxes and people like, oh, I don't want to report this. I don't want to tell the IRS, but it's like, but if the IRS can like attach your name to your wallet address, they now know everything you've done. So, Right, it's not not a way to hide your money. Like if they find you, like they can really
1: find what you're doing. (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, I, I can see. I know that there was a lot of discussion surrounding that, you know, years ago, as far as you know how you not be as trackable, things like that, out there. And um, sounds like it's still kind of out there as a discussion. But yeah, be forewarned, like you said, that there's actually more transparency on that and things that can be disclosed. Um, So yeah, that's great to point out for sure. Okay. So what are some different ways that your clients make or lose money using crypto uh, that you've come across? (laughs) Everything
0: under the sun. I mean, there's so many like fads that happen in crypto. And again, you might've heard of some of them, but there's like, you know, NFTs was really popular last year, year before, which is just another way you can use cryptocurrency to buy these digital like art forms and there's different things like that but the NFTs you might have heard about them that was a really popular way a lot of people made a lot of money but then a lot of people lost a lot of money and nodes was like another popular way it's like a way of receiving small cryptocurrency payments like you lock up a certain amount of money and then you receive a certain collateral basically of crypto and then you receive small payments and that's a way that people made a lot of really quick money but they also lost a lot and like Altcoins, when they first came out, altcoins are like any coin that's basically not like the main core, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, stuff like that. So, when all these new projects and crypto companies started popping up, there's a lot of altcoins and people, they would start at like pennies because they were just launching. And then all of a sudden, like the project would really take off. A lot of people would believe in it, start investing in it, following the project, and they would make a lot of money. But then, you know, the hype died or it wasn't everything. They had, promised to be and they lost a lot of money so I would say like yeah. if you just stick to like you know buying I mean that's mostly what I do I don't really get into all these fads mostly because I just don't have time to like manage and watch all <laughs> of them and there's like DeFi is like really popular right now and so there's a lot of DeFi ways DeFi means decentralized finance so it's like yeah. doing loans or any sort of like traditional financial tools that you would have like Yeah, making loans, doing contracts, stuff like that, like you can now do using crypto, but it's all decentralized, meaning there's not like a party in control, like some sort of company in control of this. It's just like the two users doing it or however many are involved.
1: That kind of reminds me of like, yeah, and they're still out there, obviously, too. Day traders, just in the more the typical stock market, and there's, you know, you you hear about people that make a ton of money doing it, but then there's a lot of people that lose a lot of money doing yeah. it too. So it's really one of those things that it, you know, sounds very similar to that situation where if you're gonna really invest your time heavily and really understand it, you know, maybe you can really make a lot of money in some of these more fad things like you're talking about. Um, but otherwise, maybe taking that longer-term investment approach, kind of like you would almost like the stock market better. (laughs) Yeah, that's better for me. Yeah, it's like high risk,
0: high reward for sure. And I think even the people that have made a ton of money have lost a lot of money along the way too, right? Like it's like it all goes in waves. And unfortunately, lately, I have seen a lot of people lose money from like crypto scams, especially like older people. So I would keep an eye out for stuff like that. Like they're getting so sophisticated and promise all these big, you know, rewards and then They give you a little, they give you a little and then take it all and it just it like sucks. And like a lot of like romance scams too, I've seen like where people will meet people on Tinder, Hinge, whatever, all these different dating apps and then, you know, they form a relationship and like, oh, hey, like I need you. Could you send me this really quick? And could you send in crypto? Because like... You know, if you're going to send it through a bank transfer, it could take like a few days to clear, but crypto instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I mean, can you yeah. just quickly send it in crypto? I'll pay you right back next week. Like, sorry, I just got slammed, whatever. And then they just like take their money. So that's sucky, sad ways of crypto. And, you know, there's that negative downside too. But
1: I think those, unfortunately, the people out there that are that way are going to find a way no matter what. Yeah. Like they would have done something else if it wasn't this. Totally. But it is good to just be on your guard and to be aware of those kinds of things that could potentially happen. Yeah, for sure. And if it sounds too good
0: to be true, it probably is. Like some of my clients like, (laughs) I put in $10,000 and now I have a million. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, no, you don't. Like that million dollars. It's like, but it has to be locked for three months. And then when three months comes, I have to just pay a little fee and then I'll get more. It's like, no, you're not going to see any of that. Like your 10,000 is gone. Do not send them anymore. You're not getting anything. So yeah. Like, if it was that so, easy, everyone would do that.
1: Before you do anything yeah. like that. Right? Yeah. If you're
0: worried, like, reach out to me, because I will tell you if it's yeah. legit or not. And most likely, if it's that big of numbers, it's not legit. But, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a bummer so when you sure. see stuff like that. Like, sucks for sure. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we've talked a little bit about this. I don't know if you have anything further to add, but we were uh, looking at just finding out, like, general trends of the crypto market over about the last 10 years. If there, if you can maybe just recap, I know you touched on it a little bit, but what would you say the general trends have been?
0: I mean, yeah, there's been all those fads, but I would say like, hmm, it's hard to say like what the full... General trends are because it goes up and then it goes down, up and down. It's become more diversified. There's more you can do with crypto these days. And that is why you might have heard of someone like lose money. That's because like whenever there is something new that you can do with crypto, like the NFTs or, you know, something that a lot of people will jump on. And so it becomes really popular. And then kind of when the dust settles, the ones that are like legitimate will continue And, you know, they'll continue. So like a lot of these like altcoins originally that were considered altcoins, maybe they were new projects, but now they've like shown to be they're like a legitimate crypto business, they're a platform, they're like, you know, doing something that a lot of people are believing in, they're like changing the way something is done. And so what they promised to happen is like actually moving forward. But there also are a ton that like, oh, they just jumped on, but they really didn't have a goal or they didn't know what they're doing and they just, it didn't work out. And so a lot of people, it sucks, they lose money when they invest in these, but it's similar like if you invest it, maybe like when Uber came out, there's all these other different like right. ride share platforms that want to jump in. And so some people invest in some, some invest. I mean, it's not usually individuals doing it. It's more like businesses. So that's probably why it hurts more now, but... Whenever something popular comes, a lot of people start creating it and some of them will take off. You know, now we have Uber and Lyft and, you know, the bird scooters kind of took off. They were a little different, but there's a ton that never took off and they died. And that's like same with crypto. So I feel like every time we have a cycle, it sucks when people lose money. When they invest in something, they lose money. But it also like makes crypto as a whole like more legitimate. And so we don't have like these projects in there that like aren't fluff or they're nothing. So... I would say now, like right now is more of like a down cycle. So there's not a lot happening right now. It's more of like a bear market and it's kind of been stuck at the same price for a while.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, generally the market is that way anyways, you know, aside from just crypto, but it sounds like they're kind of following along suit as
0: uh, as well. And they don't always match, but, you know, there are like some general trends that will match. And so, because it is like a global thing. It's not tied to the U.S. economy or anything like that. Like it's really... right really international. So a lot of things can impact it or all of a sudden you'll see a huge spike or a huge drop and it could be something that happened overseas. It could be the announcement of something. So I would say right now it's just in a a slow news, (laughs) not a lot happening kind of stage, but there's probably things like people are setting up in the background that hopefully when the next thing happens, we'll see some cool new things happening with crypto. But right now it's It's sitting at a nice $30,000 for a Bitcoin.
1: (laughs) Yep. So I know we promised earlier we'd talk a little bit about crypto in the business side. So could you share with us a a few pros and cons of using crypto in your business and things to just keep in mind?
0: Yeah, for sure. So... There's a lot of pros but there also are cons like that you have to be aware of if you are going to use crypto in your business. So, one of the biggest pros is that the fees are less. And so like you know normally if you do like some sort of like I'll use PayPal to accept payments or any sort of like payment processor you're going to have to pay like a 3% fee to okay. accept that. But whenever my clients pay me in crypto, there's like no fee. Sometimes there's like small fees that exchanges will charge or there's things called gas fees, but they're significantly less than the payment processing fees of like 3%
1: per transaction. Yeah, for like your so, merchant credit cards and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, totally. But I mean, that 3% also goes towards like the support you receive from like your credit card company or like fraud protection, stuff like that, where with crypto, that is one of the risks. Like if I meant to send you $1,000 $1, in Bitcoin, but I accidentally typed in the address Wallet address wrong, and I sent it somewhere else. There's no one I can call to be like, "Oops, I sent this wrong." No, it's gone forever. Like sad day. You're never. There's nothing you can do to get it back, unless the person who receives that just randomly sends it back to you because they're like, "I don't think I was supposed to receive this." Yeah, that's not gonna happen. So (laughs) (laughs) there's no support again. If you like can't access your wallet, you forgot your private keys. You forgot your seed phrases, these are all different ways you can access your own personal custodian wallet. No hope. You're just like you hear those stories in the news. People have millions of dollars of Bitcoin on this like little USB drive or something and they can't access it. And there's no one that can help get it. It's just that's the way that Bitcoin is built, that it is decentralized. So that's a con there. But if you like are savvy enough with crypto and you know how to manage the wallets, like it can be amazing to have the fees be less. But if you also want like more of a hybrid something, there are also cryptocurrency exchanges like you've probably heard of like Coinbase or like Crypto.com, Binance US, like all of these other ones. And they have their own support. And so... You don't technically, you're not holding the Bitcoin yourself. It's more of like buying a stock on an exchange. So I'm buying Bitcoin and like my wallet will say, oh, you have like three Bitcoin or whatever. But like technically they're the custodian of it and they're in charge of the wallets and all that. So that can make it a little bit easier because you don't have to manage all the private keys and make sure you don't mess up sending things. But yeah. There's also downsides of that. You might have heard last year in 2022, near the end of the year, like especially around November, December timeframe, there were a ton of exchanges that, like, were all of a sudden went belly up and their financials weren't correct. They yeah. said they had more money than they didn't, and people started withdrawing and they weren't liquid, and tons of people lost money on these. Yeah. And so, there's because crypto, like, I mean, I guess going back to your trends question, I would say probably the biggest trend is. First off, there was zero regulation, nothing. Now they're starting to have more regulation, which again has pros and cons, but it's not fully there. And, you know, there's not all the audits of financials. And a lot of cryptocurrency exchanges are overseas. So the IRS doesn't even like have per- or the beer. treasury or whatever, doesn't have dominion over them. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pro and con too. Like if you keep your stuff on an exchange, it might be like, Oh, it's nice. I don't have to remember all these, you know, I just log in with a password or a face ID. I don't have to like remember all these Phrases and you know, it, it, it can feel easier, but it also has like more risk if it ever shut down. So, yeah, always pros and cons there. I mean, another thing I like it for, another pro is it's like transcends borders, time zones. The, you don't have to worry about bank holidays, you don't have to worry about weekends. Like, you know, for example, I wanted to pay one of my employees like a bonus, and if I was going to do it through like my payroll company, which connects to my bank account, it was going to take like three or four days to get to them. Where, I could just send a Bitcoin and they'd be there in the hour and, you know, he could do whatever he wanted with that money. So there's pros and cons. And like my family lives in Canada. And so sometimes like my mom will buy something for me and I need to pay mm-hmm. her back or vice versa. And there's like no good way to send money between Canada and the U.S. without having huge fees or like really long wait times, like two three weeks for a checks to clear because it's international. Right. But I can just send her Bitcoin or even the, one of those stable coins like the USDC, just back and forth to our wallets or Coinbase account, no problem. That's been a great use for me in my personal life. And it'd be great for if you like are in a business setting and you have contractors, customers, any sort of interaction with anyone who's overseas. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, can be,
1: that can be a great way to do that. Yeah, I can see that being a huge benefit. I know I've worked with... Companies before that have in this specific case it was contractors overseas or not even mm-hmm. overseas, technically in Canada, I guess it was more. <laughs> so. And yeah, it was it was quite an ordeal finding a way to pay them in a like you said, easy and not too costly and you know, efficient manner, etc. So I could see where that could be a good good usage yeah. or something like that for sure.
0: Yeah. And if they're if they're worried about like, oh, I don't want to deal with Bitcoin and the price volatility and I get paid $10,000, but now it's worth 9000 because it went down in value. You can just use one of those stable coins and there's no like volati- price volatility risk to them. They just would take that US, let's say they get USDC. That's like a common one. They can then convert that to Canadian dollars or whatever their currency is and move on. And they would be no different than if they just got paid directly in Canadian dollars. So that's a great use. Another thing which can be a pro and a con depending which side you're on but there's no chargeback risk like again because there's no like support there's no credit card company managing this like it's all decentralized. So if someone pays you in Bitcoin you're not gonna they can't ever pull that back or claw it back like Mm -hmm it's yours once you receive it. Again, I guess if you are going to use crypto in your business, something I would say, especially if you're new to it, like if you're going to pay someone in crypto, especially if it's like a large payment, I wouldn't send it all in one big payment if you're still like getting used to this. I would send what's called a test transaction. So send them like just $1 worth of Bitcoin
1: okay, and yeah. then
0: wait, make sure they got it. And then, then once you confirm that that wallet address was them, you sent it correctly, then send like the large amount. So that would be something like I would just recommend if you're going to integrate that into your business at all yeah that's a great tip another con is as of right now there's not super great integration with like quickbooks online or like other accounting softwares because they're built under you know traditional financial models and so if you have a lot of cryptocurrency payments it can be difficult to like intermingle them but there are like some like there's one called like Crypto, and there's a few other ones that are like working on it but that's just something to know like it, you might have a little bit more of a hassle, but I wouldn't say it's like a reason to stay away. But
1: A little more time and or fees on the accounting side to get it all uh, properly accounted for. <laughs> so. Right. And that's something we always like we can help with clients. And, you know, we could even
0: teach you if there's someone on your team who wants to do it. But I mean, for us, it, we're used to it. But for someone who's new, they might be a little unsure on how to treat things. Because also, especially if you don't get paid in one of those stable coins, like you get paid in Bitcoin or Ethereum, there's also... There's the two portions. So if you get paid in Bitcoin, I mean, a lot of my clients pay me in Bitcoin. Whatever the value is, I have to recognize that as income at the time that, whatever the value is at that time. So, if so you like your in,
1: normal trade income, like you would any other income, you know, for the business at the yeah, time. The so sale. like if
0: I do someone's tax return, they pay me $1,000. I include $1,000 as income. But then if I hold on to that Bitcoin and then... It goes up. And then a few months later, I sell it for $1,500. I now have a $500 capital gain. And so there's like two parts to the accounting. Right. There's the part when you receive it and there's a the part when you sell it. If you like turn around and sell it right away, it's not a big deal. But if you do it like with some sort of lag, there could
1: be a capital gain or loss there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And tracking that as you go is always a... Um important thing to do too, so that you're, you know, where you stand and tax planning and all those kinds of things and timing of potential transactions, et cetera. So lots of things to think about from that end, both as an individual and as a business. Yeah. I mean, I could go on forever about the
0: tax consequences, but I'm sure not everyone is is super interested in all the tax consequences, but (laughs) you
1: mean just us accounting?
0: Yeah. That ever does like come across (laughs) your mind or you have questions. I mean, obviously I can go more into detail later, but that's, yeah, that's my specialty. But just, I mean, probably most of your listeners are just trying to figure out whether they want to integrate crypto into their, either their own personal investment portfolio or into their business. And there are great ways to do both. But I would just like recommend educating yourself on crypto and not just do it, you know, not knowing because I mean, anything that you do with finance, like financially, I always recommend like learning about it before you put money where into it. But it's great. I love it. I mean, I use it both personally and in my business and it's been great for me and for many of my clients, but would hate for you to like not understand and lose money or something off of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Need to go in it with the uh, eyes wide open and having a plan of how, you know, you're going to be transacting things and Make sure that you're you know what the risks and what the other things that can affect it are. So for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I really appreciate you being here. Is there any like best practices or last words you'd like to leave our listeners with before we wrap it up?
0: I would say if you do get into cryptocurrency, I would just recommend that you really keep good records because again, like I said, a lot of the accounting and the tax perspective, everything you need for your tax return, everything you need for accounting, income recognition, everything like that is up to you. You're not gonna receive like any 1099s related to crypto as of now, like maybe in the future. But from a tax perspective, I would say like make sure you keep really good records of everything. So that would be a best practice as far as a tax thing goes. And then I would say too, if you're going to accept crypto in business, set up one account on a cryptocurrency exchange and then one wallet and start there. You know, there's so much you can do in crypto, but don't feel like, oh, tomorrow you need to start trading NFTs. You need to get into DeFi, like all that complicated stuff. Like just start simple, you know, buy a little Bitcoin, see what it's like, send some, accept some, and then just keep learning. It's a, I mean, I'm in it all day, every day, and I'm still learning stuff about crypto every day. Like I'll have a tax consultation with someone and be like, oh, you know... I I got this. And then I'll be like, oh, what is that? Like, tell me more about it. Like, (laughs) I learned new stuff sometimes. So don't feel overwhelmed by how much there is to learn, but just start and you'll... Pick it up as you go. It's better to be late than never.
1: And now is a great time to start. So jump in now. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Laura. I appreciate all your insights and everything. So Laura, you can find out more about her at CryptoTaxGirl.com if you'd like to look her up and, and her company, if you have some interest in that. And then we will, of course, keep everything in our show notes as usual. So keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.